Riviera Radio Business News. Morning, Hank. Hello, can you hear me? Hello. Good morning. Good morning. It's nice to be back with you. Great to have you back. How are you? I'm very well, actually. Lots happening, certainly, in markets. I've been travelling a little bit over the course of the past week or so, but certainly good to be back in a rainy London, it has to be said today, but uh, certainly lots to keep me occupied. Well, it's great to have you back, and, uh, well, your timing. The markets are in turmoil. What's going on? Yeah, we saw a round of aggressive global interest rate hikes, a doubling down of hawkish tones from central bankers, the new aggressive policy direction coming through from the British government, and the escalation of the war in Ukraine certainly setting a distinctly negative backdrop for risk assets over the course of the past week. Volatility has been surging. If you look at the VIX index, Wall Street's fear gauge, it surged 9.4% on Friday. There's a broad-based equity market sell-off over the course of the week, the S&P 500 fell 4.6%, is now off 23% this year. In Europe, stock 600 fell 4.1%, its worst weekly performance since the middle of June. In bond market, it's a policy sensitive two-year treasury yield settled around 4.2%, that's close to a 15-year high, five-year yield broke through 4%. Money has been flowing into the US dollar, as we know, dollar index rose to a new record high, now up 18.6% year to date as the euro slid to its weakest level since 2002, while overnight sterling has fallen to its lowest level since against the dollar since decimalisation in 1971. Growing anxieties, the global economy will experience a sharp downturn and the stronger dollar has been hitting commodity markets hard as well. Crude prices have registered four weeks of losses. Brent is below $85 a barrel for the first time since January. Gold trading down to $1,643 an ounce. It's now off 10% year to date. So, yes, certainly plenty of sign of anxiety in financial markets at the moment. Now, what about the impact of the UK mini-budget? Well, in the UK, the British government has laid out a radical change in approach to the tax and spending policies of the country. Well, you say mini-budget, and that's, of course, how it was trailed, but the policies put forward equate to the biggest tax-cutting measures for five decades will have broad ramifications for the economy, the nation's finances, the planning process, and the regulatory environment. Just to remind you, give a bit of a snapshot of some of those key measures. They include the reversal of that 1.25 percentage point increase in national insurance, scrapping of the planned increase in corporation tax, the 45% additional rate of income tax will be abolished and a basic rate will be cut to 19%. Also a targeted cut in stamp duty on property purchases and the details on a raft of structural reforms in areas including finance, pensions, construction and energy expected over the course of the coming weeks. In terms of the impact delivers a huge fiscal stimulus in the short term that should be supportive of growth. Energy support package will ease the UK's inflation profile in the short term, although tax cuts could boost consumption and therefore price pressures in the medium term. I think the real concern by markets has really been around, I suppose, the lack of transparency in terms of who's going to pay for this. What does it mean in terms of debt? What does it mean in terms of spending? We await the officially costing 
capabilities of the Office for Budget Responsibility in November. The Treasury did estimate the cost of the energy support package as an example, £60 billion over the course of the next six months, while the permanent tax cuts amount to £40 to £45 billion of extra borrowing per year, which equates to roughly 2% of GDP. And that nervousness, I think, is why we've seen such an extreme reaction from markets. Sterling, as I say, slumping to an all-time low in Asian trading against dollar, hitting 103.50 at one stage. is off 7.4% over the course of the past five days. And it was also not just a mini budget, but hailed as a, a new era. How far do you think it's going to go to solving the, the cost of living crisis? Well, I think it does help with the cost of living crisis. There's no doubt about that. It's given greater financial firepower back to consumers. The energy support package is incredibly important. Now, the tax cuts, you could argue, have been focused towards companies that have been focused on the wealthier end of society, which actually has a lower propensity to spend. They probably save their money uh, compared to people who earn less, and therefore the impact on the economy probably could be less than, than the overall figures may well suggest. So listen, I think it helps with the growth profile, but given the fact that you've seen concerns about who's, who and how it's going to be paid for, and the fact that sterling is significantly weaker, that brings in its own problems, of course. That makes uh, uh, importing goods incredibly expensive. It risks boosting inflation as well as you pay extra for things like energy. So I think there's a a realm of ramifications that will continue to play out over the course of the next few months. We have seen experiments like this before. You go back to the early 1970s, for example, where we saw that aggressive tax cuts that boosted growth, I think, for six months or so. Then we saw a significant downturn. So I think that's where some of the issues are starting to emerge. Okay, and the Federal Reserve, higher interest rates. Yeah, we should reflect on that as a way last week, but the US Central Bank has been only delivered its third successive 75 basis point increase, pushing the Fed funds target range to three to three and a quarter percent. The Fed chair vowed to keep hiking rates until inflation abates and labor cools despite the risk of recession. Hawkins comments from Jerome Power highlighting the latest dot plot where the median member expects 125 basis points of hike this year for the 25 basis points in 2023. The forecast showed the benchmark rate rising to 4.4% by the end of this year, peaking at 4.6% in Q4 next year. Elevated policy path reflects the committee's optimism around the growth prospects, but also pessimistic view of inflation. In terms of labour markets, the Fed appears to be waiting for a more pronounced slowdown coming through. What does that mean in terms of our expectation, in terms of the policy path? Expect another 75 basis points in November, 50 basis points in December, one more hike in February 2023, putting a terminal rate at four and a half to four and three quarter percent. And the foreign exchanges, please, Hank. All looking pretty miserable for sterling this morning, it has to be said. Pound against dollar coming in at 105, euro dollar 0.96. Going to get a miserable one euro, nine cents for your British pound this morning. Oh dear, oh dear. Okay, well, thank you very much, Hank. Back at the same time tomorrow morning. Back with you tomorrow. Have a great day. Hank Potts from Barclays. Thank you.